You're listening to Huddle Radio. Push play with Huddle. Welcome to another edition of Huddle Radio. I'm Dan Hoppin, and today we touch base with Josh Nibbler, the head coach at Hoover High School in Alabama. Hoover recently won the state's 7A championship, its fourth state title since 2012, thanks to Nibble's ability to find depth and maximize his roster. They had an incredibly dominant defense this year. You gave up more than 10 points just once. What was, or how have you gone about crafting such a dominant defense? Well, I mean, I think it's just everybody being on the same page. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer that. You know, it can't be something that's just an afterthought that, you know, we wanted to ask ourselves the question of, you know, why all the time, why do we do what we do? And, uh, you know, and I think every day uh, we knew we were going to have to play good defense. I mean, I think if you're going to win championships, I feel like you got to be able to run the football on offense. you got to stop the run and play great red zone defense. Uh, if you're going to have an opportunity to finish like you want to finish, um, you know, our staff did a heck of a job. Coach Evans is our defensive coordinator. Him and our staff were on the same page. And what's even more than that is our kids were on the same page with our coaches. Uh, and then, you know, you got to play together. And you got to play with bad intentions when you play defense. You know, when you, you know, you, there's not for the faint hearted. You got to be, you got to play with great effort. And we tried to play as many kids as we could possible. Uh, so, you know, I think the key is, is everybody understanding what we're trying to do. Uh, and then let's just work together and let's play together. And then, you know, when we do that, then we win together. When you say you try to play as many kids as possible, is that to keep guys fresh or to get yeah. everybody experienced? What's what's the purpose no, there? It's, it's, I mean, it's a little bit of both, but, I mean, I think it's more or less to keep everybody fresh. Um, you know, I'm big on depth. I don't think depth is, you know, there's a guy that's backing up a guy. And if they guy don't know what to do or we have to change our calls or change what we do within – the framework of what we're doing um, in any phase, when that guy goes in the game, then you don't have any depth. Uh, depth is when you don't have to change what you're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. And you pick up right where you left off. So, you know, for us, it's all about depth. That's how we practice. Um, I'm an offensive guy to a certain extent, but, you know, everything I do revolves around what we're doing defensively. Um, you know, I want to make sure defensively we're getting everything we need at practice. You know, we want to make sure you know, fundamentally, we're getting everything we need to be really good on defense. So, uh, you know, and our, our kids know that. Our kids understand that. And that's kind of what we face and built our program off of. And I'm assuming, you know, you talk about that depth. Uh, you, you talk about getting a lot of kids in there and, and not having to worry about, you know, starters and subs. I'm assuming that helps you with buy-in from the kids, too. When they when they know that, hey, I'm not a backup, I'm going to get a chance to play, you know, that just keeps everybody more engaged, right? Well, when you're in a program where you got sophomores through seniors, you got 140 plus kids, and you know they only play 11 at a time. And it's about development. It's about kids understanding the development. It's about a standard. Uh, it's about a culture we build, and within that culture, you know, there's a pecking order, but also there's a competitiveness. You know, we're all about being competitors. I mean, we 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 tell our kids, you know, if you want to play or you want to be a part of what we're doing, just go out and compete. I mean. I'd love to have 28 guys on defense. Now, we're going to play 11 at a time, but if I got 28 guys that can play, then we're going to play them. And, uh, but we're not just going to put somebody on the field just to put them on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some positions have more depth than others. Uh, but, but like I said before, you know, I think in this day and time, the way everything kind of has moved down from you know, the NFL to college or from college to high school, you know, it's amazing how much the game has changed, 
many more players you can get involved. And then in turn, then it allows you a chance to keep more camaraderie, more brotherhood, and better chemistry on your team. When have you always kind of had that uh, approach to coaching, or is that something that you've discovered over the past four or five years? Just that you know the the importance of getting so many different players involved. Of course, given that they're you know talented enough and ready to be out there. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's evolved more and more. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I think kids now have become more diversified. I think kids now have become more skilled. I think kids now are more students of the game. You know, it's not just your best athlete. It's not just your best player. You know, I don't want, I mean, I tell our guys, we just want really good athletes. Man, I, I don't care if you're the best receiver or not. You know, just be a great football player. You know, if you're a great football player, we're going to find you a place to play. I mean, we're playing a state championship game and, you know, we're playing a team that, you know, they're going to air it out, throw the football, and they're going to vertical set up front and, you know, we, you know, how are we going to get pressure on the quarterback? Well, I mean, we take one of our backup corners because he's a good football player. Well, it doesn't any good to have him standing on the sideline. So, I mean, hey, we put him at defensive end and let him rush the passer. I mean, he gets two sacks in the game. Um, so, you know, we got to find ways to make sure we got our best football players on the field. You know, if that's 25 of them, then we got to get them all in there and we got to make sure they all understand their role. So we're real big on diversity and having unity through diversity. So, you know, if we can create that, not only on the field, but off the field in the locker room, then it just creates a competitiveness that our kids continue to get better and we kind of sharpen our swords up a little bit every day. That's really interesting how you talk about, you know, utilizing guys in, in different positions, maybe based on the matchup. So, I mean, how do you get a guy prepared, though? I mean, you, you know, the example you just used with a, with a backup corner, maybe using him to rush the passer, that's obviously something he's not used to doing. So how do you get him prepared week to week to make adjustments well, like that? Well, you're going to go through, well, I'm all about, I think football is matchups. I mean, I do, I think it's matchups. I don't think it's, you know, it's personnel and it's matchups, and I think every week every matchup's different. You know, you can play somebody that's, Maybe they don't have a great record, but they're a bad matchup for you, you know, uh, in certain areas. Um, but for us, sometimes during the year, you get a little shorthanded. Sometimes during the year, the personnel group that you face are a little bit different than what you're used to or what you're built for. So how are you going to adjust? I mean, you got to adapt and adjust and reinvent yourself to a point to where you get a better version of who you are defensively based on the matchups that you have. So, you know, for us, I mean – that same kid, I mean, we did it earlier in the year. And, and the way we did it is we were a little bit shorthanded one day. We thought, hey, man, let's get that guy some work at, you know, at our at our jack. And we got him some work at the jack. We liked what he looked like. The next week didn't call for that. You know, it called mm-hmm. for a bigger guy. But then all of a sudden we get to the state championship game and we're like, how are we going to get pressure on this guy? Well, hey, this guy's done it. He did it week eight. You know, let's, let's get him back in that role a little bit. Make sure you understand this corner stuff in case we have to have it. And that's what we did. And that's, that's on us as coaches. Now, I'm a firm believer you put kids in the best situation you can put them in, and it's left up to them to execute it. But if you don't have the kid in the right spot, that's on us. So we've got to do a really good job, and we try to work really hard evaluating our talent. We try to do a very good job of putting the kids in the best position, and we try to make sure every kid's got a role. You know, whatever that may be. And uh, they got a role all week, so they don't get lost in the program. You know, that's what you don't want. You don't want a kid to win it, and all of a sudden, I don't care how many games you win, and his year's over, his career's over, and he still doesn't understand what his identity was as far as the football. 
you had some value, you added value to our program, and that's our job as coaches, and I take that personal. And I'm assuming, you know, you can see that with the players when they know that, you know, maybe maybe one week they won't have their opportunity, but the next week maybe that, you know, that that could be their week. That could be their time to step well, in. Like I told you before now, we're all about competing now. Uh-huh. You know, if you want to come out on Monday and go through the motions, right, I mean, there could be a possibility, you know, you don't play as much on, you know. Now, granted, if you got an injury or something like that, but, you know, our kids come out, they know they got to compete every day. Uh, you know, whether it's, whether it's our offense versus our defense or whether it's compete within your unit group, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, we're always trying to create competition, so no matter what battle we get into, what week it is, whether it's week two or the state championship game, we're going to compete. And, uh, and our kids understand that. And that doesn't just happen in the fall. I mean, we start that in January in all-season workouts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm real big on that. So, you know, we've just been very fortunate that our kids, you know, we work hard at it. You know, it doesn't just happen. And uh, our kids believe in what we're doing. You know, we have a lot of we're a grassroots program where our kids come up wanting to be a buck. And, uh, you know, that, that means something too. I want to go back to uh, we were talking about matchups a couple minutes ago. You, you've obviously had a ton of success as a coach. How do you go about identifying those matchups and those mismatches that maybe you can create? If you were to give some tips, you know, to uh, to another high school coach about finding those matchups, finding those mismatches, what would you say? Well, you know, I think for me, uh, I think as a coach, I mean, I'm always, you know, number one, I mean, if you're trying to talk about who you're playing and all those kind of things, I think it starts at all season. I, I think you have to put your kids in a situation where you're training them uh, to gain an edge physically based off of not even knowing what their matchup's going to be. So we want to grow bigger, faster, stronger. We want to be mentally strong in what we're doing. We want to have mental toughness in what we're doing. So then there in turn, we don't have to worry about the matchup as much. Then once you get into the season and you understand a little bit more, then I start trying to look a little bit in depth of, hey, week six, you know, when we have time to do this in the summers, you know, it could be a matchup deal for us here, uh, but still not knowing people's personnel. Then once you get into the season, I think it's all about personnel. You know, whether it be personnel groupings, you know, to me it's personnel matchups as opposed to just individual matchups. People can figure out a way to take an individual away. Right? But I don't. I think people struggle in today's game of trying to find an advantage defensively against the personnel grouping, whereas you know, offensively, you know, if you want to get in oversets or you want to create those kind of things that if you're going to have a matchup you don't like individually, you got to figure out a way from a personnel group and how to create a matchup that they can't answer mm-hmm. um, until they can get their kids on the sideline and make an adjustment. Um, and that's kind of what we did in the state championship game. You know, we tried to make sure we had the right matchups, whether it be by – and matchups are not just always about an individual versus an individual, but it's also sometimes about technique versus an individual's athletic ability. Um, and we're real big on technique fundamentals. Um, and I'm a true believer that the intangibles and, the, and technique and ability and mental toughness will outdo talent any day. Um, and, and so I think as you look at those matchups – and you create those matchups, yeah, sure, we're going to have a week where we're going to be like, hey, man, I like our matchup on their corner, you know. Well, the 
definition and strategy situations. Um, and, if, you know, if you look at our kids, I mean, we, we do a really good job of trying to, on offense, move our kids around. We do a good job of trying to get numbers on you. Uh, and then defensively, we try to make sure we don't put our kids in those kind of matchups or put them in those kind of predicaments. Uh, not trying to jump around on you too much here, but um, you mentioned a couple minutes ago, you know, you want every player to, when they leave your program, to feel like they have an identity, that they, you know, that everybody has a role on the team, everybody understands their importance. How do you convey that to the guy? Do you have, like, individual meetings with players and say, hey, this is where we see yeah. you, this is what we think your strengths yeah. are? Th- that's something that you, you guys do? We do. Um... Yeah, I'm big on culture. I mean, if you ask me what's the number one thing that helps you win a championship, to me it's culture. You know, I don't think it's, you know, I think culture um, creates behavior uh, and create behavior creates leadership. Uh, and I think culture and behavior are interchangeable. Uh, but I don't think leadership is interchangeable. I think you've got to have leadership. So, you know, how do you create that? Does, I mean, a guy that rushes for 2,000 yards, is he always going to be your leader? No. How about the guy that doesn't play a whole lot? I mean, that guy's probably got more of an influence and more of an impact on the team of being a leader than anybody. Um, so for us, I mean, it starts with, you know, when our seniors finish, the week after they get done, uh, we have what we call exit interviews with our seniors. So each one of our unit coaches that we have, they sit down with their senior one-on-one and they'll have a, they have a sheet that we go by uh, that talks about, hey, look, you know, what, what was the most enjoyable thing about your senior year? Um, what do you like that we do? What do you wish we did a little bit different? And then my biggest question that I want all of our unit coaches to ask our players is, you know, what's your one-year plan? What's your five-year plan? What's your ten-year plan? You know, we're trying to create great husbands and great fathers. All right? I'm not trying to create just another person in society and another daddy. You know, I'm trying to create great husbands that are committed, not just interested. You know, I'm trying to create great fathers that are committed, not just interested. So that's big for me. That last deal at the end, you know, what have we done to help you understand that this is what I can obtain in one year? Coach, this is what I can do in five years because we talked about it in our program. Coach, this is what I'm going to be in ten years when I come back and see you with my son or my daughter with my wife and I have a family. So that's important for me. All right? that, that's what keeps me up at night. It's not whether we can run zone versus a 3-4 or whether we can stop somebody that's coming downhill on a four-man front. That What keeps me up at night is making sure that we're building a culture around here that adds value to our kids, they leave a legacy behind for those that come after them, and we continue to create leadership for our society and for the families of America. Our thanks to Coach Niblett for joining us on the podcast today. You can visit the Huddle blog for more on Hoover's season and more championship stories. Thanks for joining us, and check in next time for more insights and stories from coaches all over the country.